want mercy, do we learn from the woman? The woman. That woman was a woman of faith. That woman exhibited what we call faith, living faith. For you to be able to enter into your miracle. For you to be able to enter into your breakthrough. For you to be able to enter into your testimony, you must have living faith in the word of God. Living faith in the power of God. Living faith in the word of God. The Bible says in Colossians 1 27 that Christ Jesus in me, the hope of glory. Because you have that word, you must be able to pray. There must be power to pray. There must be your faith in that word. They will be joining God. So I beg of us today, brethren, and I'm bringing unto you today the name of Jesus, the word of God. That name of God will never fail you in the life in the mountain. Because he was a woman of faith. He demonstrated living with faith in the living word of God. Then number two, that woman recognized the glory of God in the man of God. That woman recognized the beauty of the of God in the land in the person of Elijah. Because if she did not believe in the person of Elijah as a man of God, she would not have gone there. So I want to challenge all and to please appeal to the audience today. There is power in the name of the God your pastor carries about. There is a virtue in the man of God. The woman recognized that this man is carrying the presence of God. If I get to him, my solution will surely come. So she believed in the God of Elijah. And when she got to Elijah, Elijah was able to do what, what only God can do for her. I provide your life today. What God the Lord can do will be evident in your life today in the mighty name of Jesus. And the God bless you without poverty. Blessing without poverty. That would be your portion this new month in the mighty name of Jesus. A kind of blessing that will not need any trustee or any committee to sit down to decide whether you are qualified, whether you are whether you are That blessing will be your portion in the mighty name of Jesus. Let me ask if people were to sit down to determine the state of the woman on that particular kingdom, would she have qualified for that blessing?
that if I obey the word, the man of God with the letter, the miracle will come. Obedient to the instruction of the man of God. Go! Follow verses. Shut the door behind you. Follow the other universes. And see what God happened thereafter. And she obeyed the instruction of the man of God. And he became unto her. By the time she obeyed with the letter, the miracle came. The miracle came and she became blessed. What makes it the way down from there? We need to we need to obey to obey to the letter. Don't allow the teachers of this world, don't allow the manipulation of the world to take the name of God from you. I was talking to the a few days ago. Saved in the church 
not your power. And God part before God to our lives and make that very good to come to pass in your life. You are only to exhibit the living faith in him and you don't want to do what you do with the bread to come past. I come here today for a show that power for healing is in that name. Power for deliverance is in that name. The book of Isaiah chapter 9, verse 7 says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonders. That is, he is the God of Wonders. He is the God that does wonder. That is the name of Jesus I brought to you today. There is something in the name of Jesus. There is something in the name of Jesus. And the government shall be upon the truth that you be in control of every situation. The name shall be called wonder, the God of wonder. Cancelor. No other cancelor like him. Only you can give you the wisdom, can give you the knowledge, can give you understanding. The name shall be called the mighty God. No wonder he's called the Almighty. He's called the All Powerful. He's called the All Glorious. He's called the All Sufficient. No wonder he's born. The Almighty God. The everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. A name I be given unto you. That is the name of Jesus to overcome every situation. And to run the Bible say the prophet John chapter 3 verse 8. Thank you, the Bible say, for this reason, the Son of God was made manifest to destroy the works of the devil. What is that situation that you are going through? What is that challenge? Because of who he came. Because of you, he left his glory in heaven. The Bible says, for this reason, the Son of God made manifest to destroy the works of the devil. Don't put that situation to shame in your life and to give you a new God. He surrendered. He surrendered. He left his glory. He came down into the world so that you and I can have our breakthrough. We can have our She didn't go to any doctor. 
She did good to any doctor. She did good to any ritualist. She went directly to him. She thought of God and the miracle come. A name I be given unto you, the name above every other name, the name that is able to deliver you and bring out shame of glory. That name is the name of Jesus. If by this you have not given your life unto the Lord, I chat your dream of you that day. But apart from that, the Lord is saying that there are some people here today, you, have, you are going through a particular situation and you need God to help you. Because it's only by His power that He can overcome. I am not by power, not by my mind, but my spirit is here the Lord. You are going through a particular situation. Is it in your marriage? Is it in your business? Is it whatever you are doing? You need God to help you. You need God to see that from people here, you need God to help you. It's not about salvation at all. And you need God to help you. God asks me to help you. Come forward and pray together. We pray the prayer of faith and I will launch you into that new realm. And from today, you can pray that miracle. You need God to be there for you. You need Him to help you. You have been doing it all alone. You are even tired of what you want to do. You don't even know what to do. Please come forward. Let's pray for you. Let's commit to the hand of the living God. So that will be a change. A new God. A new beginning. That woman went on that day to the man of God, but she couldn't have kept herself. The widow woman went to the man of God, but she couldn't help herself. And the Lord arose for her that day, and there was a, a new dawn. The very morning of that day, she was in danger. Then, by the evening of that day, her situation changed. She became, she became a holy man. She had time for her mother. And you open and say, Lord, and your presence will never help me. I cannot help myself. I need you, God, to help me. Father, help me. Just as you help the widow in the Bible, Lord, raise help for me to me. Father, send help to me. Help me, Lord. I cannot help myself. I plead with your hand and pray. I cannot say. I need you, God, to be here for me. I cannot help myself. My Father, my Lord, help me. Help me. Help me. I cannot help myself. Help me, my Lord and my God, in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Blessed be your name. In Jesus' wonderful name, we have prayed. And so, Daddy, I want to thank you for this glorious privilege. Thank you for the privilege to hear your word again. Holy Speaker, and here we are privileged to listen and to be served by your very life We want to appreciate you for the power in your world. Thank you for the power in your name. Father, may your name be exalted in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you for these children of yours. Thank you for their family members. Thank you for where you have made them to. Thank you for where you are taking them to. I want to appreciate you because you have a better purpose for their life. That is why you ask me to come and do them today. Thou shalt see regarding Lord, you ask me to tell, to tell them to come forward for prayer, for them to enter in the covenant of peace. The covenant of peace to give you including with peace. Lord, here they are before you today. I have Lord, that that covenant will be able to do the peace. You will release upon their life in the mighty name of Jesus. 
thank you. Bless God for everyone. We worship you for eternal life. We say be glorified in the name of Jesus. Your word says that where two or three are gathered, there you are in the midst of them. Holy Spirit, I want to anoint you to speak as your Holy Ghost, so that your counsel will be made known to the generation of men that will come after us and those with whom we are living this generation together. Show us deep mysteries, deeper than the one we have seen during during our personal times with you. In Jesus' mighty name, Amen. This afternoon, I want us to devote some time to study the love of God, the love of the Father. Hallelujah. Okay. You see, sometimes you think that love is all about how we treat others. Maybe or we treat others nicely, we speak calmly at them, we tolerate them, that is love. Well, that is a kind of love. When we come to talk about the love of the Father, we're talking about something different entirely. You know, there is something we call God's love. And there is something we call the expression of God's love. For instance, if I give somebody who is thirsty out there a cup of water because he's thirsty, or I offer an hand of assistance to somebody out there who is confused, it is an expression of the love of the Father. But for us to actually be able to demonstrate the nature of love which has been impacted in us when we came into Christ we have to understand what the love of God is all about why is this necessary in 1st Corinthians chapter 13 Apostle Paul presents some truth about the nature of love that amazes the mind. Actually, in Ephesians chapter 3, he had made clear to us that the love of God is far beyond what we can understand. Because, as a matter of fact, you can't actually unravel why God would choose us in himself before the foundation of the world. Why has he chosen us? That may be a difficult ground for us to, to drill into. But there is something we can be so sure of. That love is God as God is love. So anytime the Father expresses his love, he expresses himself. Just as when I laugh, 
I laugh in my tonality. When I talk, I sound like myself. I am not trying to sound like somebody else, although age may affect certain characteristics I demonstrate, such as the way I, I, I walk, I mean, my pace in walking, the smile over me, the way I treat others. But there are certain things that would not leave me, namely my voice may not change. In fact, after a time, my physique may not change. Certain things do not change about us for the fact that we are human. Being human, we laugh, we think, we talk, we eat. That is our nature. Those describes us. It is unchangeable about us. I cannot say, oh, I want to be a better human. I don't want to laugh with my mouth. I want to start laughing with my nose. That is not possible. I don't want to talk with my mouth. I want to talk with my ears. That is not possible. It is the nature of a man to talk with his mouth. To hear with his ears. To feel with the skin. In the same way, it is the nature of God to love. It is his nature to express his love. When God speaks, he speaks love. When God thinks, he thinks love. When God scolds, he scolds out of love. When God saves, he saves out of love. We want to unravel this love. Now, I ask us to open to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And one of the reasons why I want us to see that scriptures is so that we can understand the nature of love and we can understand love. So that you will not think that because somebody is calm-minded, is reserved, is cool, is gentle, is easygoing, that person is walking in love. Yes, you know the traits of love. Love is not envious. Love does not raise his voice. Love does not resent. Somebody has just acted to you such a way that it is so annoying. You don't, you don't react out of that attitude. Love wins. It conquers. It conquers evil with good. It's not influenced by evil. Such is the nature of love. But we may be carried out, sorry, we may be carried away by activities that will leave the bottom line of love. So we must first understand what love is before we begin to position ourselves where God can express this love out of us. First Corinthians. First Corinthians chapter 13. Though I speak, I'm reading from verse 1, from the New King James Version. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not loved, I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy, and I understand all miseries, and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, so that I could move mountains, but have not loved, 
I am as nothing. Verse 3. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but I have not loved, it profits me nothing. From the red scriptures, we are able to see what love cannot be. That I give somebody a thing that I fed the poor, that I gave my possession, that I distribute to the necessities of people, that I give to the poor, that I visit the widows and the orphans, that I'm involved in charitable deeds, that I clothe those who are naked, does not actually express God's love. Apostle Paul said, people can do this and can do it outside of love. You know what amazes me in this portion of scriptures? Is how possible that a person can do all this, namely can give to the poor, can feed the poor, can even sacrifice his own life, that is a risk his own life, put his own life at danger just to save others and such person may not still be operating in love. Then that simply tells us that love is not what we think it is. You know, some people think that, well, one of the reasons for love is that there could be harmony, there could be peace in the world. If everybody can be loving and can be peaceful, there will be peace in the world. That is correct, but that is not absolute. It is not absolutely correct. Selfishness is not just an act. It is man's nature. A man can propose love to his partner and can be so warming, can be so accommodating, can be so much tolerant, can be, can be submissive to others, can be affectionate to others, might, might, might have the concerns of others in art. But at the center of this is the reality of man's nature that nothing can take away except God himself and that nature is selfishness. So for one to first enter into this God's love, one's nature of selfishness, one's nature of self-centeredness, self-will, must be eradicated. In order to pass this across, Apostle Paul said that, look, love is not in talent. We have seen people who had come out a debut in their career, and they have digged the world with their talents. They are very wise, they are very intelligent, but they are brutal. When you mention dictators in the world, you want to think of Benitez, Mussolini, you want to think of uh, um, Adolf Hitler, and those communist leaders that had grounded the world and had made many people to suffer as a result of their athletics policies. Now, this threat is not just particular about those men because perhaps they have given their mind to the devil. 
It is every man's nature to be cruel. Although to some extent we've tried to suppress it, we try to, to put it in control, but it is a fact that no one can subdue his nature except that nature is removed. So nobody can experience God's love except the nature of selfishness is removed. So when God extends his love toward us, the end result is that we come into his love and by seeing his own love, we are able to put aside, aside selfishness. And how do we put aside selfishness? We put aside, aside selfishness by the time we come to realize for ourselves the love of God. And what is that love? That love is that while we are yet sinners, while we are not morally good, while we cannot merit God's love, while we cannot merit salvation, while we cannot merit God's goodness, God allow his son to save us. In essence, God does not wait for our moral balance, does not wait for our moral perfection, does not wait for our perfection morally. Before he saves us, that is love. But I'm not true with the scriptures. I will read from verse 1 again. Apostle Paul said, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, that is, if I possess intellectual capacity, I am so versatile that I can speak multi-languages I am so intelligent I'm so brilliant that I understand all things I can easily connect with anybody from any background but have no love then I am just a noisy brass or a clanging noisy Simba Have you ever tried to eat an empty barrel? What happens? What do you observe? It makes a noise. Love is not in the noise. And that is why it's not our nature. And as new creature, when we come into Christ and we receive this love, although we have received the nature of, of God's love, we have got to allow that nature. Because sometimes the, 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 the selfish nature still want to have expression out of us, still want to resent, still want to hate, still want to be angry. No, these things are not bad. They are natural tendencies. But we have got to allow the, the divine nature we receive in Christ to flow out of us such that it nullifies that evil nature that does not allow the divine nature of God to be expressed out of us. What I'm doing here first is uprooting those things that men call of that is no love. Verse 2 says, And though I have gifts of prophecy, that I'm so spiritual, and understand all mysteries and knowledge. And though I have all faith, so that I can remove mountain, but have no love, I am nothing. What does that tell us? That is possible for you as a new creature, because you can't have faith. Faith is the gift of God. Faith is what we exercised in in in, in, in believing the, the death, 
the burial, the resurrection of Christ, in other words, the suffering of Christ, so that we can be partaker of his glory. So it is possible for a new creature who had actually received the nature of the Father not to walk in love, not to allow the nature of God to, to overwhelm him such that he begins to deal with men as God dealt with us in Christ. And how did God deal with us in Christ? Despite our faults, despite the fact that the, the, the human nature cannot please God, God still loves us. He does not set a standard for us to be first morally good before he could save us. He saved us in our own fretiness. So here in verse, we say, even if I have mysteries, I can assess hidden things. I know all things. I am vast. I am, I am just, in, I, I'm just too much intellectually. And I have the faith. My faith is so strong that I can move mountain. In other words, even if the Holy Ghost impacts the love, the, the, the spirit of faith in me, and my faith is so strong that I can move mountain, but my faith had not allowed the love of God to be expressed in me. Say it is nothing. And that is why in chapter 12, verse 31, he told us there may be spiritual gifts. But there is a better way by which you can express those gifts. Of what use is your spiritual gift? But when you see somebody suffering, you overlook it. But you cannot tolerate others. But you just have this bitterness. You know, one thing about selfishness is that it envies others. You see others, you wish what is theirs belongs, it belongs to you. They gather themselves together, they are discussing, and because they do not involve you, you are suspicious, and you think they are backing about you, and you begin to react. That is selfishness. Suspicion is selfishness. Raising your voice at others is selfishness. Anything shady that cannot be plain, that is dirty, that is filthy, that is secretive, that is self-oriented, that is, is self-interest, is selfishness. It's not God's love. The rest of the scripture tells us what love is all about. That's from verse 4. So this nature of love, one of the reasons why we have to be aware about it is because it can be there on the inside of us and we do not allow it to flow out of us. And that is why we have to understand the nature of love, that it's not a thing of emotion. You don't feel it. Because if you feel it, whether you like it or not, you should always express, express it just as somebody will come to you and maybe brings you something of surprise and that stimulates you, stirs you up and before you know you are exclaiming, you are jumping here and there. And at the peak of that excitement, you can do whatever you, you, you ask to do. You can embrace, you can throw up, you can sing geology. But once that emotion abates, you, you shrink back into your shell. That is emotions. That men call love. Love is not in any way emotional. Whether I feel like it or I don't feel like it, I have got to submit myself to others. I have got to esteem others above myself. That is love. Thinking of others before you. And we have not even touched this matter. 
we pray that God will help us. Now let me quickly show us from that scripture the nature of love. Then I will go to First John to prove to you that the essence of love is not so that there can be peace in the world. The essence of love, the reason why we walk in love is because God is love. And once we begin to walk in love, we be as it is. And that impacts our heart with burden such that in the day of judgment, we can walk into God's presence with that inferiority. In other words, one of the functions or effect of love in us is that it takes away fear. It instills us with boldness such that we can approach God just as we can approach all men. There is no inferiority. That is love. First John chapter 4, 17 and 18. He said, This is where love is perfected. That we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so we are. What makes us to be as is as he is? The nature of love. The nature of love that is in us, that is expressed out of us, makes us to be God's life because God is love. So because as it is, so we are, we have boldness in the days of judgment. Well, that talks about in the day when we will reckon what we have done in the human flesh. But by applications of scripture, you can even say in the day of judgment, when people are being judged, when there is destruction around, love preserves. Where people are caught down for nothing. And nobody can fathom or explain why they are caught down. Love is an escape route. Let's see the nature of love. And you know, I strongly believe that what Apostle Paul presents from chapter 13, verse 4 of 1 Corinthians through 13 describes love as a nature of God, and as a nature of God, it describes God. So, sometimes I will call this the metaphor of God. Or the personification of God. God personified in concepts. Now, let me read. Love, you can replace it with God. Suffers long. Your ability to endure. Your ability to tolerate others. In their errors and in their ignorance, the ability to overlook, the ability to understand others' flaws, the ability not to write off others. Humility is an expression of love. Love never fails. Sorry, this for other. Love suffers long and is kind, that is considerate. Love does not envy. These are the things that will flow out of you. You are walking in love. And look, this cannot flow out of you naturally until you have received the love of God. Let me read on. Love does not parade itself. It's not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. It's not provoked. Thinking no evil. Does not rejoice in equity. But rejoice in the truth. Bear all things, believes all things, hope all things, endure all things, love never fails, but whether there are prophecies, they may fail, whether there are tongues, they may cease, whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when the which is perfect has come, 
then the which is in part will be done away. So love is perfect. Now I would like to read that from another version. What version should I consider? Okay, let me use this um, version. This TPT version. First Corinthians chapter 13. I just want us to understand. We're going to read from verse 4. Love is large and incredibly patient. Love is gentle and consistently kind to all. It refuses to be jealous. When blessing comes to someone else, love does not brag about one's achievement, not inflate its own importance. Love does not traffic in shame and disrespect, not selfishly seek his own honor. Love is not easily irritated, nor quick to take offense. Love joyfully celebrates honestly and find no delight in what is wrong. Love is safe place of shelter, for it never stops believing the best for others. Love never takes failure as defeat. For it never gives up. Love never stops loving. It extends beyond the gift of prophecy, which eventually will fade away. It is more enduring than tongues, which will one day fall silent. Love remains long after words of knowledge are forgotten. Our present knowledge and our prophecies are but partial. But when love's perfection arrives, the partial will fade away. Let's read from another version. Memory from another version. I read from New in New Standard Version. New Standard Version. It's needful. Don't let us rush at it. It's needful. Verse 4. Love is always patience. Love and sh- and never is she rude? Is never glad with sin. She bears up under everything. Love never fails. Now, if there are prophecies, they will be done away with. If there are tongues, they will cease. If there is knowledge, it will be done away with. Let's stop there. So we can move ahead. That is the nature of love. Anybody who professes to love must express this nature. I know the perfection of love itself is that we have bo- it gives us boldness. Okay, let's see what that love entails. What is God's love? Romans chapter 5. I don't want to go to John 3.16. It's a very popular scripture. Let's read from Romans chapter 5. Verse 8. Okay, let's read from verse 5. From, from verse 6. Romans chapter 5 from verse 6. For when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in the while we were still sinner. 
What is love? Demonstration of God's love that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if we, when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. So love brings about reconciliation. Love brings us back to God. That even our sin could not stop it. Darkness could not stop it. Our enemies could not stop it. Nothing can stand that way of love. Hallelujah. Why we are yet sinners? While we are yet sinner, God demonstrated his own love. While we are yet sinner, Christ died for us. So God's love is Christ's text of death for us. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 4. Verse 4. But God is rich in mercy because of his great love which, with which he loved us. Even when we are dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ by grace you have been saved. So what is God's love? God's love is God's expression of affection that makes him to accept us in the beloved. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 6. It is that which God poured out abundantly so that we can come into him. It is that which God has dispensed so that we would not perish but have everlasting life. It is God tampering mercies where there should be judgment. And that is why if you compare John 3, 16 and 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 1 to 3. In John 3, 16, we read that God so loved and that love made him to give his only begotten son. That we ever believe in him, believe in that love, accept that love, will not perish but have everlasting life. What is the end of love? So that men will be saved. So when I am walking in love, I am walking so that the life of men could be saved, so that their emotions will not be all, so that their moods will not be will not be will not be all, will not be damaged. Will not be wrongfully affected because of my own selfishness. God's love is God's consention to preserve us, preserve our life, preserve our emotion, to preserve us that we are not damaged in any way. Hallelujah. Love is reconciliation. God taking part to solve the problem of separation. You know, there are people out there who say, you see, and she offends me. I can't talk to her. She's too rude. Are we equal? If you not talk to me first, I will not talk to her. If she does not greet me first, I won't greet her. You are not walking in love. Although you have been saved from your whole sins. But you are not walking in love. You are better know that. You are not walking in love. You are not. You are not walking in love. Why we are yet sinner? Why the person is, is still the one that has wronged you, you still go after? That is love. It's not overcome by evil. It overcomes evil with good. Okay, let me show you. Where is this? 
Romans chapter 8. Let me show you, I think, Romans chapter 13. Is it 13 or 12? Okay, it is 12. Let's see love in another light. I'll read from verse 9 through 21. Let love be without hypocrisy. So there can be love with hypocrisy. And we see people like that, when they see you, they greet you, they smile at you, and when you turn your back, what they say behind you is grievous than what they say in your presence. That if what they say behind you is told you, you would not but to react. There are people like that. They welcome you warmly, but when you turn your back, there's something else. So, the scripture says there is a kind of love that is without hypocrisy. It's not a love, a love that comes near you because things is good. Things are good with you. It's not a love that tries to, 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 to express care and concern for you when things are rosy. It's a love that stays with you, come rain on, or shine, or sunshine rather. So let love be without hypocrisy. Above all this evil. Cling to all this good. So love is expressing anything awful, anything evil, anything that does not edify, anything that does not add value to others. Anything that does not express the nature of God because it's the nature of God. And what? Above all this evil, cling to all this good. Be kindly affectionate. That is love interpretation. We are interpreting love. Love is kind affection. Affection. Kindly affectionate. Be concerned, be connected to people. You are not connected to people. You've seen the basis of, of, of that love. The basis of that love is Christ. And as a result of that, it makes us to want to deal with people fairly, even though they do not merit it. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. In honor, giving preference to one another. That is love. That you prefer others. Brotherly love. You see yourself as brethren. And really we are brethren. Because we came from the same source. The same faith. The same spirit. The same baptism. The same life. And you know there are three objects. No, let me call it subject. There are three aspects or facets of love. We have God's love that made him to give his only begotten son for us. We have Christ's love for us that makes Christ to be willing to lay down his love. And we have the effect of, love, of that love that we love the brethren. That we love the unbelievers. Jesus Christ, I think should be John chapter five if I'm not mistaken. He said by this shall men know that you are my disciples by love. He said a new commandment I give you that you love one another. In fact Jesus Christ said the second when the, 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 the Pharisees tried him, they asked him what is the greatest commandment. You told them the greatest commandment is to love the Lord their God with all their might, with all their heart, with all their soul. Then he now said that the second is like it, you should love your neighbor as yourself. Then he said, this is the greatest of all commandments. Because on it hinge the law and the prophet. So love is everything. It is the law, it is the prophet, it is the, the gospel, it is everything. It is our nature. 
The essence of the law is that man will walk in love. And you see, man cannot understand love except he loves God. And that's why God did not say, love your neighbor as yourself until he has said, love me first. Once you are able to find me out as love, then it will be easy for you to walk in it. Are you struggling to love people who are you? Maybe somebody jilted you. Maybe somebody raped you. Maybe somebody duped you. Like sometimes in the past, I gave somebody a huge amount of money to do um, a work for me. Collected the mon- that money and he did do a jack. I kept on calling. He would not pick. I went to his house. I did all I could up to tomorrow. He had not dropped the work. I hear we are seeing what love should be. That you, you, you prefer others. You honor them. Pride is no love. It's selfishness. That we equal. What does she do? What does she earn? What does she wear? You buy back to believe to others. It's no love. In honor, giving preference to one another. Verse 11. Not lagging in diligence. Fervent in spirit serving the Lord. This has to the nature of love. Although it is instructive that the apostle tells us that we should not be lazy. In other words, when you are loved, you, you, you are working in love, you will know that as the head of the family, you have to pick a job. Just to make life convenient for your people at home, you have to provide for your, your wife. If you are working in love, you will not take the money that will feed the whole family for a week and take it to the salon to drink. You will not be drunk. You know you have to work. You know you have to plan for your family. That is love. You know you don't have to consume all that is available for all. For your whole interest alone. So love is diligent. It's up and doing. He does not want to put his own burden or his own yoke on another person. No, 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 no. You don't walk in love that way. Does not happen. Does not cause. So the love is diligent. It's fervent in serving God. So it's not just love towards people, and that is why I told you by starting from First Corinthians that it is not all about activities to people or being affectionately kind to people or being committed to people or being involved in social responsibilities or in community service or being given to one activities or, or being involved in charity. It is first you've been fervent. In the spirit to be fervent is to be vibrant, to be fervent is to be connected to God, to be alert, to be awakened on the spirit. Ephesians chapter 4, sorry, chapter 2, verse 4 said, God was rich in mercy because of his great love. We are in love, thus he has quickened us, he has made us fervent in the spirit with Christ. He quickened us to, 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 to be fervent means to be quickened, to be alert, to be aware, to be conscious. The love of God pricks our consciousness. Fervent in spirit serving the Lord. Love is serving God, serving God's purpose, serving God's dream, serving God's intention. It is God's intention that men should come to the knowledge of the truth, positioning yourself and ensuring people come to know this nature of God's love. It is love itself. 
Rejoice in hope, patience in tribulations, continue steadfastly in prayers, distributing to the needs of the saints, giving to hospitality. We now see an expressed form of love. Love is first internalized on the inside. When it is filled and it is full in its nature, then it is expressed out. First John chapter 1 says that out of his fullness have you received grace for grace. In other words, you cannot walk in love except you are in in it. And when you are really marked in it, it flows out of you naturally. Just as you don't find it difficult to smile, to laugh, to walk, to eat, to do things that are peculiar to you as a human, when the nature of love possesses your being, when you are filled with it, it flows out of you. Then vex 13 says that once you are filled with this nature that is called love, you will naturally want to give to the distribution of the saints and you will be given to hospitality. So when Apostle Paul said that even when I give my substance to feed the poor and I give myself to be burnt and I give my goods out, he said, and I have no love. I am not, you know, it profits me not. In other words, people can do charity without love. So what you should do first before all this is to find yourself into the love and once you find yourself into the love and you begin to express charity then you are walking in love and that's what we call love to the brethren you give to the necessity of the saints you don't see somebody suffering you overlook we are going to see some scriptures let me read on bless those who persecute you that is love at all you don't cause you don't resent you don't go bitter Bless those who curse you. Rejoice with those who rejoice. And weep with those who weep. Be concerned with for others. Concern for others is love. Be of the same mind towards one another. Do not set up your mind on things I but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. This are the nature of love. Rejoice. No one evil for evil. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible as much as it depends on you, live peaceably with all men. It's, so the, the, the essence of love is not for peace. The perfection of love is not for peace. Love is the bond of perfection. But the essence of love is not for peace. You know that some people that you can't just be at peace, they, they, are, they are just so troublesome. You've got to be careful how you deal with them. They may be at war with you, but as much as depends on you, be peaceable with them. Do not clash them. Do not wrong them. And if they are the one expressing the love, you can conquer their hatred by love. You don't now when the scripture says that as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. You ensure that you are at peace with all men and leave others to them. If they are now not at peace with you, it's their headache. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh Ravashandalia. Hallelujah. I read on. Beloved, do not avenge yourself, but rather give, but rather give place 
do not avenge yourself, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, and I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For, for in so doing, you will heap cool of fire on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. That is love. Overcoming evil with love. That is love. Hallelujah. Okay, now let's see first John as we round off. We want to see the essence of love. Okay, let me first touch the nature of love. Let's go to Song of Solomon, I think chapter 7. And from that scriptures, I want to show you the fact that nothing affects love. Each time, somebody's attitude, nothing affects it. Ah, Lord Jesus, help me. Chapter 7. Chapter 7, I want to locate that place. I can't find it yet. I will come back there later. Maybe that's where we we'll round off. Let's go to First John chapter four first. First John chapter four. We're going to read from verse seventeen and eighteen. Then we we'll go back to start reading from verse seven. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bless God forevermore. 17 and 18. Love has been perfected among us in this. This is the essence of love. This is the perfection of love. Love is the perfection of Christianity. That we may have boldness in the day of judgment. We are not walking in love so that there can be peace, but that we may have confidence, a conscience that is clear before God and man, so that we can approach God, because God approached us on the basis of love, and our basis of relating with Him is going to be love. This is how love is made perfect. It's not just what we do temporarily in the world. It's going to take, it's, it's going to take us beyond to the other side of life. That is the only thing God identifies with. That is how we identify us. And that's how we can identify with him. That's how we are going to reign with him. Say, this is the perfection of law. Hearing is our love made perfect. That we have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as it is so we are in this world. There is no fear in love. Perfect but perfect love casts out fear because fear has torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. He will we love him because he first loved us. What is the scripture tells us? That when you walk in love, you are not suspicious. You are not in suspicion. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
Alléluia. So that's not fair. That's not fair. Okay, now let's read from. Let's read from. Verse 7. Chapter 4. Beloved, let us love one another for love is of God. Love is of God. Anything that is of love that has that as the nature of what we've described so far is of God, belongs to God, came out of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Indeed, the love of God was manifested toward us that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. That's just a version of John 3, 16. This is how love is manifested, that God laid down His love. That is not only that. Verse 10, in this is love, in this is love. In this is love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the perpetuation for our sins. So love is the perpetuation of our sins. That which God sees in us, that which is in God, that makes God to sacrifice His only begotten Son. Beloved, if God so loved us, God did not love us. He so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Okay, we also ought to love one another. No, verse 12, no one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us, and His love has been perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in Him, and in us, because He has given us His Spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent His Son as Savior of the world. We have confessed that Jesus, the Son of God, God abides in Him, and He is in God. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and He who abides in love abides in God, and God in Him. That is love. Now let me read verse 26. Verse 20. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. He who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have received from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. Now let's see the nature of love. Let's be with that scripture. Lord Jesus, with that scripture. As we look for that scripture in Ecclesiastes, we have got to know that love is God and is affected by nothing. It is eternal in nature. Love is life. And when that love finds its way in our heart, because the, the, the target of love is our heart, that is the home. Uh, our heart houses love. And when it finds its way into the heart, it finds its expression naturally. It captures our intellect, it captures our emotion, it captures our will, and subjects to the influence of God's spirit. In Song of Solomon, as I've wanted to see, now I've, I've seen it, chapter 8, verse 7. Solomon tells us how strong love is. I read. He says, many waters. That is a symbol of trouble. Cannot quench love. Troubles cannot quench love. 
Because law burns. Neither can the flood that is forceful, progressive, in season problems or attacks cannot. You know, we have seen so many begin to behave rashly because they lost their money, they invested their money in business and it's not forthcoming. And because of that, they are behaving somehow at home because there is no money when the wife talks to them. They want to snubber because there is no money and there are troubles. They have a lot of aches and trouble and they've been managing it all alone. They start resenting. That's not God's love. Solomon described the divine love in a natural way. Say many waters. Distance, troubles, problems cannot quench it. Neither can the floods, problems of life cannot drown it. If a man will give all the substance of his house, it is unquantifiable by the material material, material substances. Do you hear that clearly? Nothing can quantify it. For love, it would utterly be contempted. Now, let me read in an, in an orderly way so that you can understand that scripture. So I won't spoil your knowledge of scriptures. Um, Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verse 7. Let me read it in the French matter. Then we see a, a portion from the book of James. Then we we'll round off there. Chapter 8, verse 7. Let me read from 6 and 7. Set me as a seal upon your heart, as a seal upon your arm, for love is as strong as death, jealousy as cruel as the grave. Can you see that? Jealousy can kill. Its flames are flames of fire, as the flames of jealousy, and as well the flame of love. It burns. A most vehement flame. That is the. No, no, we, 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 we can. Okay, let's refer that to jealousy. You are a jealous person, you are envious, you can kill somebody out of your jealousy. You wouldn't know that you want to kill. You know, we've had cases of people who had quarries at home, and then you see the husband and the wife, they are quarreling. Now, what is causing the problem is not the issue. It's not because maybe something happened. No. You got love is absent. Because we are made to understand from scriptures that love will overlook countless sins. In the KJV, it is rendered love covers multitudes of wrongs or sins. But here in Ecclesiastes, uh, is Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, chapter 8, verse 6, jealousy, which is the opposite of love, is as cruel as grave. That is, it can kill. It flames, its flames are flames of fire, a most vehement flames. Then verse 7 tells us the nature of love. Many waters cannot quench love. Now look at the contrast between jealousy and love. Jealousy can kill. But love is as strong as death. Nothing discourages it. Nothing affects it. Many water cannot quench love. Nor can the flood drown it. If a man would give for love all the weight of his house, it would be utterly despised. In other words, nothing quantifies it. Nothing can equate it. Nothing can substitute it. Nothing can take its place. And the reason why there is a problem in the world is because many want to substitute the God's law for selfishness. Let's see the last scriptures in the book of James. I don't know where in particular, but I know it's in the book of James. I know I can locate it. 
James on a get there I would like to see which hallelujah I can find it I can find it. Okay. Let's read chapter 2 from verse 1. There can be time. My brethren, do not owe the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with partiality. For if there should come into your assembly a man with gold rings in fine apparel, and there should also come in a poor man in filthy clothes, and you pay attention to the one wearing the fine clothes, and say to him, You sit here in a good place, and say to the poor man, You stand there, or, or sit here at my footstool. Have you not shown partiality among yourself and become judged with evil thoughts? So, partiality is, is, is an epitome of a life that lacks love, discrimination, segregation. Verse 5, listen, my, my beloved brethren, has God not chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith and years of the kingdom, which he promised to those whom he loved, but you have dishonored the poor man. Do not, do not the rich oppress you and oppress you and drag you into the court. Do they not blaspheme that noble name by which you are called? If you really fulfill the royal law, according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as you say, with the royal law. Is the law of kings. Is the first commandment. You do well. But if you show partiality, you commit sin. And are convicted by the law as transgressor. For whoever shall keep the old law and yet stumble in one law, he is guilty of all. For he who said, do not commit adultery, also said, do not murder. Now, if you do not commit adultery, but you do murder, you have become a, trans a transgression of the law. So speak. And do as those who will be judged by the law of liberty. For judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. So what are we saying in essence as we close? I did not see the scriptures. There James talks about the Father. Whoever has this goods, this word goods, and cannot give it. That person is not working in love. That person is not working in love. Maybe in the other teachings, we are going to see that scriptures. We are going to say that God will help us to walk in love. That God will help us to walk in love. That God will help us to walk in love. More than ever before. That we <laughs> that we walk in love. More than ever before. That we walk okay, it is first John chapter three. 
33 verse 7. He said, For whoever has this world's good and sees his brother in need and shut up his heart from him and does not love, how does the love of God abide in him? In other words, love involves in give. It involves we give all we have. So, Father, help us to walk in your love. In the name of Jesus, we submit our nature, our being to you. Help us to be influenced by this love. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah.